You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. Hey y'all, it's Valor here, and welcome to another episode of the Valor X77 P Pro Baseball Experience or PBE podcast. I am of course Valor X77. So we have quite a few topics to get into so far this season because a lot of changes have occurred in the league since the last time I recorded one of these. I'm probably not going to make this long, probably about 30-40 minutes, give or take, because <laughs> I'm pretty busy these days. So, let's just start off with a bit of a personal update. So, as you probably noticed, my activity has dove a little bit. Obviously, I've been dealing with some virtual school stuff. So, I will still be allowed to be in this league, but you may notice an activity dive. You will still see me in the locker room a lot. So, because I'm usually a really good locker room guy. <laughs> Hopefully, expansion GMs are watching this. So, I will cover what's happened in the league soon. So, let's take a look at your standings update from... From after last night's sim, which I'm pretty... Let's open up, start off with the majors here. So, so we are about, let's see, 90 games in. And let's take a look at the Eastern standings. New York has been pretty much the biggest surprise team this season. 62 wins along with 28 losses and a win percentage of uh, and a 689 win percentage. You can, I think, the three reasons that they're where they are are pretty much carried by Ulysses Rove, Hunter Harrison, and Joss and Joss Tension. Sorry if I didn't pronounce your name right because you know I'm not very good with that stuff. So, yeah, they currently hold a six-game lead on the division with Providence, who won the division for the last five seasons. Who They're looking to avoid getting into the wildcard round. But as of right now, they are the four seed. Behind them is Cancun, who is still alive for a wildcard spot. They're five games out of that. 17 games back on the division. We have New Orleans, who is sitting at 33 and 57. They're probably going to get eliminated. Florida and Outer Banks, those teams are already mathematically eliminated. As they are way back from the division. And they're not even close. And the max amount of wins is not possible for them to get a playoff spot. Over in the Western Division, we have... Death Valley having a pretty commanding lead on their division, 65 and 25 record, 722 win percent. 
even though they had a really rough August, which saw at one point San Antonio was five games back, or even worse, 20. They just had a really awful month of August, but they're somehow able to hang on. San Antonio is currently your number three seed right now. And if the playoffs were to start today, with a 58 32 record, 6.44 win percentage, and a seven game back on the division, we do have a bit of a surprise team in third place right now. Who currently, is a tiebreaker advantage, which is Boise, a team that nobody expected to be in the playoffs this season, sitting at 50 and 40. So Boise and Vancouver both have the same record, and they're both 15 games back. However, Boise does have a bit of a tiebreaker advantage over Vancouver, which I can assume is head-to-head. So over the pitching staff has been pretty much all Scorpions. Balquin leads and wins with 15. Styles is third with 13. Styles leads the league in ERA in 225. And Green leads the league in strikeouts with 203. And if you take a look at the highlights, first name, last name, hit home run, career home run number 200 last night. So pretty good for him. It is his last season of the league. Person man who, if you don't know, is my GM, the GM of Death Valley and my GM. So yeah, let's take a look at the minors here. This has been pretty crazy right now. If we take a look at the standings, it is dead even. Well, unless you're in the West, because Kansas City has a stranglehold on the division. It's not even close. 52-32, and 32, we're only through 84 games there because we have a shorter season. 619-1% as a 9-game lead over San Bernardino for the division. Over in the East, we have the State College Swift Steeds, a team I generally expected to be fighting with us, the Kingpins, for the division. They're actually on top right now, 43-512. And then there's the Kingpins, 41-43. and 43. I am personally not, I am ticked off about what they're doing. Well, no, I'm not, I'm feel fine with their management, but it's just, we just had rotten sim luck the entire season. I'm getting sick of, okay, so yeah, and then Kingston to the very bottom, if we take a look at the stats right now. Marksman has of Kansas City has a 360 batting average. We have a tie for the home run leaderboard. Arnold Rackenberger 24 of Amarillo and Remington Stevens with 24 for Dallas. Stevens does lead the league in RBIs with 70. With win leaders, S. Finn S. Indicker of San Bernardino leads with 11. Only to realize there's a bunch of people not far behind. He also leads an ERA with a 2.8 ERA, which is really good for the minors. And then Hot Dog Sandwich leads with 138 strikeouts. 
So let's take a look at the standings throughout the league and see what is. All right, it's time to get into some news throughout the league. So, our first big thing was, we had a lot of changes in jobs throughout the league. Johnny2x has stepped down from commissioner. Hummus God has come over, and I think the transition occurred very smoothly. One thing I like about Hummus is that he used to commentating during the minor streams. And it's very good. It's one thing that head office has struggled with with the past few seasons, which is communication. I know it sounds like I'm rambling for a little while, but Hobbes is a really good guy. Good choice for being commissioner. And I love his updates, which are sort for commission on my mind. All right. So let's take a look at what's been going on. So, if we take a look, I'm pretty sure. So, on August 3rd, if you don't know, it was not too long ago that they have announced that the league will expand to 14 teams next season. So, I'm going to need to talk about the GMs a little bit here. I know it sounds like I'm uh, cloning Emmy's podcast, but I'm not. No, it's not even close. He's, she's doing a lot better than I am. <laughs> Speaking of Emmy, I feel really good for her because she finally got the expansion team she's been waiting for. I know she struggled ever since day one she got in the league because he's been for a lot of stuff, and I feel really glad. The next person who was so then she picked Gurren to be her co, which... I haven't been around Gurren that much, but I did know he was Amarillo's GM for a little while because my original create here, here, if you don't know, it was Videlson, the original one. This is actually my third create here because if you don't know, I have a lot of IRL issues that caused me to leave leagues, specifically this one. So, Gurren, I know this guy real. I had to step out for a few seconds because obviously I'm recording in a room that is not very good with noise suppression, which that's fun. So you'll occasionally hear a few sounds from members of my family. So yeah, I'm just a dude with a bad setup. Okay, back to the topic of expansion GMs. The first one is the second GM set is Mrs. Obvious and Josh. I don't know Miss Obvious that much. However, I do know that this person does currently took is operating the Compendium, which is, of course, your best friend for writing media. 
if you study that, you'll pretty much get, like, a lot of information. And then the second one is Josh, which is real... I'm pretty good to see him get a GM spot, but I kind of feel bad for Boise here, who's not only in a playoff spot, but is due to lose two of their top players to expansion. Next thing we're going to go over here is they recently announced how the draft's going to go and when the date's going to be. So... We got 12 players to be protected. GMs are automatically safe. You must expose a minimum of three three players for expansion teams, at least two of which have earned or applied TB within 30 days prior to expansion, which, if you don't know, is it's probably on the 21st or 22nd. I don't remember exactly the date. And each team can only lose three players max. So, expansion GMs do count as a player lost in the expansion. So, that means Boise is only going to lose one more player. And I'm not... And Miss Obvious is going to leave Nashville. So, that means Nashville can only lose two more players. Blah, 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 blah. Expansion teams will obviously get the first and second overall picks. Each team will have an... So basically, a coin flip will determine which thing they have a choice. So, you have... If you get... If you win option one, you'll have the first overall pick in the expansion draft. And you get to choose which division you play in. If you choose if you choose the second option, you get first overall pick in this upcoming draft and the 15th overall pick in the S22 draft, which both are looking to be pretty large draft classes. Also, we have another big story. I know this was I was originally going to record this a few weeks ago, but some IRL stuff and other simly commitments have forced me to delay about this Valor cast a little quick. But yeah, we have a huge archetype change. So if we pulled, uh, I need to pull up the schedule here because the S20 schedule had pretty interesting move for the 20th anniversary season. <sighs> Off season was really long. It was like from late July till mid-August. The season goes from like July to oh, September, and it felt pretty long. So, we had expansions, and we have archetype changes. I switched mine from... My build got a little bit nerfed a little bit, because... I have I risk having no defense on my build. It's big man on campus. So I'm pretty shocked to see I'm actually a heavy favorite to get the gold glove and silver slugger. I wasn't expecting to get any awards at all this season because of the switch. So yeah, interesting. 
before I jump into questions, it's time for me to, let's see, do I want to do Great Truths Part 3 now, or do I want to look at some media? I'm going to do some media review. So, most of the media here have been through talking about, like, some people are a bit more worried about expansion than I am. In the upper league, I was, uh, I think it was ISFL, I was a lot more worried about expansion there, but luckily I'm protected there. This case, I'm not, obviously, because I'm a young player, and I need to take a look at some power rankings here. So, this one is a little bit based, probably because he's ranking draft destinations, So yeah, a lot of people are biased. Yeah, some of these media articles are really biased. So, I am going to now jump into the questions here. Thank you to all those people who came out and gave me questions. First questions are from... Wombat. <laughs> thoughts on he first asked thoughts on archetypes and expansion. I personally think I I'm fifty fifty on the archetype change. But I believe that expansion was necessary for the league this season. And... Yeah, I felt like archetypes are okay at best. Expansion was pretty good. Thoughts on the Kingpin season so far? I have been really disappointed in them. For the first time in a while... I've been disappointed in my team. It's very rare I get disappointed. I honestly thought we were going to take the division pretty easily. Ended up being the Hapcats who did that. And and for us, we've been stuck in mediocrity for a while. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm checking out on the parker. Final question is, is Bedell Valor ready for the majors? Uh, this is a bit of a hard question right now. I would. Uh, I'm a little bit mixed. Because there's part of me who wants to be sent down for another season so I can have like 600 TPE. And be ready to get called up afterwards. But what most people don't know is that I do have a hidden clause in my contract. I do have a mutual option in my contract after next season. So if I'm still on a minors roster by then, I'm probably going to use that option. So this is why it could be a potential risky pick for expansion. Because if I get underutilized, I'm probably going to use that option going to free agency. So, 
I'm basically a risky pick for expansion, obviously. And then our next person who came by to answer questions is our lovely commissioner, Hummus God. What's up, Hummus? He first asked, thoughts on the classic Valor v. Valor matchups in S19? <laughs> I honestly think this is hilarious. So if you didn't know, I tried to create for S18. IRL issue struck for like a season that I came back and recreated. And the result was... We got had Videl Song Jr. running to Videl Valor. Song was on the on the uh, Mounties who would go on to win the World Series that year, and the other one was on the Kingpins. So I honestly was laughing the whole time they were playing each other. <laughs> oh man, I can't stop laughing when I hear this. So <laughs> you got a good question to trick me, Hummus. He then asked, what would you do as commish for a day to improve PvE? Hmm. This is probably an extremely hard question. Obviously because being commish is already hard. But realizing you would have to do in a day to improve the league. First thing I would do to improve the league... As it currently is. I would say expansion is a step in the right direction. But. Here's my. I'm going to say my hot take of the day. I feel like. I'm sick and tired. Of seeing the same teams. In the bottom of the standings. And I feel. It's time to potentially reintroduce. The draft lottery. Into the league. Because I'm sick and tired of saying the same teams like Outer Banks, Florida, uh, Detroit, always being on the bottom. They shouldn't be. I get it. But also those teams like Detroit, New Orleans, those guys have been bottom feeders for a while since day one. I know Detroit had a playoff appearance and they got swept. So, yeah, I feel like it's time to reintroduce the draft lottery. That's what I would do. And the final question is from Drennan Tarb, if I can pronounce your name correctly. Oh, yeah. This player's name is Ivy Leaf, and we just picked her up on waivers a few days ago. She asked, what unique abilities could you bring to a major league team? Just simply hitting dingers. Although my fielding stats are not really that good right now, I'll probably improve on them. So that means I am willing to play DH for like a season or two. So yeah, I would have to say dingers and some fielding. Also some sim testing too, because I'm starting to learn how to operate the sim a little bit better. What type of experience are you going to get out of the team that you join? I've been recently trying to work on being a better person in the locker room because, if you don't know, I'm not very well received in the leagues I am because some people view me as a locker room cancer, which I believe is false. I'm trying to be the best I could possibly be, but it's kind of hard to have autism and then communicate well because we are pretty much misunderstood and usually get treated like trash 
systems because we cannot properly communicate. It's part of our system. So if you see one who has autism, try to be a friend with them. Don't leave them out. It's simple. Our third question is, what can a team or GMs do to help support you along with your player's journey? The first thing is an obvious move, which is obviously help out with your player's build to make sure they're best suited for the team or what their plan is. Second part of it is basically giving some people opportunity to get war room. I feel like the war room is a good experience for a team to study or to eventually one day become a GM of a team. Because I believe this, I'm gonna have to pull up a bit of an ISFL reference. I use I've been using my time with. I would like to say Austin to uh, potentially come back as a GM there, so I'm probably want to become a GM here pretty soon. Because obviously, not because of I want a GM, but I'm also doing this podcast because I'm a little bit broke, as you know. I want to afford equipment next season. <laughs> the fourth and final question in Tarbask is, if you had one question for the major league teams, what would it be? I would like to know what their plan is. Because if I don't know what your plan is, I am going to uh, be a little worried about your team's future. Obviously because... Don't trade any picks unless you are really good. Because I could see teams like Providence and Death Valley seemingly coming to the end of their windows. New York too, because New York has a brief window because Tension and Harrison are probably going to retire. Uh, Crabs have a lot of personnel decisions to make this offseason about who to send to expansion and who not to send. For all the teams who are in the basement, they're calling the St. Crossfire too. They're technically small market teams, so therefore, they have to pretty much, all they can do is pretty much tank until they can get a few star players. And also, free agency is broken as it currently is, so... Also, yeah, bloated contracts exist here too, so people asking for... A ridiculous three-year, $45 million deal are going to get a little frustrated because if they're not doing well, they're paying it that much. They're going to trade them to another team and they would have to deal with their bloated contract. So, yeah. I'm going to have to wrap this podcast up right now because I wanted to make this quickly since... I would want to call this a Valor Quickie, but it's going to be ValorCast 3, since I cannot record a podcast to what I was capable of before. So yeah, I'm cutting this off now. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.jcink.net.